This is the Big Kid Show. I'm Mr. B, and thank you for kicking it with us, even if it's just for a little bit. With me in the treehouse today is Big Nick and Marcus the Land Sharkus. And today we're playing <laughs> Tap <Nice>. 3. <laughs> thank you, boys and girls. We welcome and appreciate your applause. All right, we're playing top three and here are the general parameters each big kid will name and explain for you our top three choices for the chosen topic and we will each introduce them to you in the ever popular three two one fashion today's top three topic is movie trilogies i like movies yes this was a fun one all right so so we're covering our top three movie trilogies and this or more if they release more than three of course fellas we are doing top three of all time, so no time frame or decade to limit your stupendous choices, guys. Yes. Movie trilogies can be downright amazing or an awful money grab by film studios playing off the success of the original. So, all right, gents, grab your giant tub of popcorn, gummy bears, and snow caps, and let's get into top three movie trilogies. Mm. Big Nick. Movie what? Movie what? Trilogies. Trilogies. A trilogy. Excuse me. Trilogies. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Big Nick, you want a coin toss ahead of time, so you're leading us off today, good sir. All right. Well, I actually found this to be incredibly difficult. Um, and I right? think partly tough. because I think we could have tightened the parameters a little bit. I think mm-hmm. we left it a little too open, but Having said that, this allows me to just go with my top three of all time. So here we go. The handcuffs are coming off. I'm going <laughs> wild. And for my number three, I went with with the Unbreakable film series. They don't oh. even call this a trilogy. It's so highfalutin, boys and girls, that they call this a film series. And I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Back in 2000, Bruce Willis played a man that could not be broken. He could not be broken, and uh, it's that was the first of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. The second film didn't come out until about 15 years later, which was called Split, which stars um, James McAvoy. If you have not seen this movie, the thing that I love about this trilogy in particular is I actually think all three of these standalone are great movies on their own. I don't even think you need to watch the other two to enjoy one of these by themselves. And I say that in particular with the Unbreakable movie, which is usually, you know, that's nothing mind-blowing because usually that's the way it is with the first in a trilogy. But Split, the second one, James McAvoy's acting, he plays this guy that's got like multiple personalities. I don't remember how many personalities he has. It's like 13 or something. It's a big number. Something crazy. And he's also like mutating into some kind of person monster at the same time. Like... His acting's incredible because every time he walks into the room, he's a different personality and he sells it every single time. You just keep waiting for him to mess up and whatever (laughs) character he's supposed to be. And that's what's so unique about this is like he had to construct each one of these personalities to be uh, completely different than the others because the other actors, and I'm not going to give away too much here, uh, the other actors in the scenes, especially in the first half of the movie where he appears with other actors in these scenes, they don't know anything about him or even who he is or even what his name is. So you're, he's not walking into a room and other characters are pointing out that he's someone different. So yeah. immediately you you pick up on it within the first word or two out of his mouth and even his mannerisms when mm-hmm. he comes in. Out of the three, I would say the third one is probably the least best of, of the three. I, it's difficult to pick between Unbreakable and Split, uh, which one's better. <laughs> They're both equally good. I think of Unbreakable as probably my favorite, quote-unquote, comic book movie of all time. And I grew up reading comic books. I'm, I'm proud. Wow. Uh, I'm an old, <laughs> proud nerd. I can Bold say that. statement. Uh, glass was the third one as said i didn't think it was as good as the first two but there it is ladies and gents boys and girls the unbreakable (laughs) film series is my number three pick and oh by the way uh it looks like the total budget for all three films was roughly about a hundred million dollars which is not that's crazy pr- that's big, bad. pretty low. I mean, for for three movies, yeah, yeah. Especially <clears throat> thinking that we're talking about like superhero type movies. Usually, those are big budget movies, and I think that it looks like it drew in, it brought in about seven hundred and seventy 
million at the box office for all three. That's a good investment. The other thing I do want to point out too, if <laughs> if this if this will entice anybody out there to come to the dark side and watch one of uh, Big Nick's favorite movies here, Unbreakable. If you haven't seen it, is worth watching just enough for Mister Glass, who is Samuel L. Jackson's character. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most fascinating, most brilliant characters. You know, quote unquote, comic book wise out there. He plays a lover of comics, but the way that he dresses in all purple all the time, and he has his ailment, and he has he's always wearing gloves. I think the weekend stole Samuel L. Jackson's whole persona. <laughs> That's the weekend dresses like like Mister Glass from Unbreakable, doesn't he? Now that yeah, with think- the haircut and everything, like wow. I got I, I got to talk to my boy it. the weekend and ask him if he stole Samuel's hey, if he's the weekend Mr. Glass. Hey, that's my boy. I love <laughs> got it. Got a question right. for you. That's I thought it. he was just dressing up like Grimace from McDonald's. <laughs> Dude, I think he's trying to be Mr. Glass. But see, Mr. Glass can't dance. Mr. Glass from McDonald's can be a close the weekend second. can sing and dance and do it all. So, <laughs> good uh, observation, Big good. Nick, and quality choice because again, kind of a trilogy that's more obscure because it doesn't kind of follow the same title and all that and some people wouldn't even know that if because the gaps in the the first two movies they waited 15 years between part one and part two and the funny thing about that was um these are m night Shyamalan movies and bruce willis and samuel jackson kept saying to m night after they were wrapping up unbreakable they were like hey we wish there was a, a second movie that we mm-hmm. could do. This is the most fun we've ever had on any project that we've worked on. Both of those two big, huge actors are saying that to M Knight, and M Knight's like, "Well, that's kind of funny because this was written to be a trilogy." And then he, <laughs> then these guys don't hear from him for like fifteen years. Yeah, <laughs> that's what, and that's where you wonder if it, the studio's involved and who's getting paid what and that kind of stuff, which ties it up and all that mess. So. Quality choice, Big Nick, the Unbreakable series at his Absolutely. number three spot. So, so I have a confession, Big Nick. I've actually not seen those movies. Any, any, of, any of them. Any of them. And I know Boom you guys man. have, I know, I know you guys have talked about these movies previously. So they are absolutely on my to watch list, but I have not seen any of them. Um, the first uh, two are incredibly suspenseful. And like I yeah. call them, I called the Unbreakable a comic book movie. That is at the essence, the core of the movie is mm-hmm. a comic book movie. But it's also like incredibly suspenseful and a big time thriller as well. Like you, yeah. you could hate comic books and still love that movie. It is not, yeah. it, it's a, a dark, very much more realistic version of any superhero movie that, that mm-hmm. you will agree. Because I think when you think comic book movie, you think, like a little more over the top. I mean, I remember seeing the the advertisements for Split when that mm-hmm. you know the ads started first playing, and I'll be honest, I thought it was just like a cheesy horror movie because that's kind of how it comes kinda off. What if it you, looks like yeah. if you don't know who that character is. But then I heard everybody talking about it, not just you, Nick, of how phenomenal that movie is. So I'm putting that on my to watch <laughs> list. <laughs> putting it on there, throwing Man, things over, slamming stuff. I like it's it. getting real. I love it. <laughs> Good choice, Nick. Thank All you. right, Mark, let's hear your number three movie trilogy. Number three. Man, this was tough. I I had this slot filled multiple times. Um, that didn't sound right. That's, that's what she said. <laughs> oh, really? That's what she said. <laughs> a bit of a horror, but, are you? <laughs> um, it's tough, man, because I think, like you said, Nick, when you start thinking about trilogies, like you're just like, well, how many trilogies can there really be? And then you start researching, you know, researching it and you're like, holy crap, there's, there's a lot, you know, a lot of ones out there. So this was tough. Um, I went a little out of left field, maybe with a couple of my choices, but what else is new? Um, I went with the Austin Powers trilogy. Ooh, Ooh, nice choice. Austin Powers Faja. Ah, my Faja. Ah. <laughs> Sharks with freaking lasers on them. <laughs> So anybody who's not familiar with the Austin Powers trilogy, it uh, it's got Mike Myers. He's obviously kind of the star of the show in more than just you know one way. 
Um, it, it's kind of seen as like a parody of James Bond, right? Kind of like the British guy, mm-hmm. but instead of worried about saving the world, he's worried about getting laid, basically, is what it comes down to. Um, so, yeah, the first movie, uh, Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, that came out in 97. Then you had The Spy Who Shagged Me in 99, and then Goldmember in 2002. Um, so it's just fun. Like, I was reading through, you know, like, I, I browsed through Wikipedia, just kind of curious what they, how they summarize it. And, uh, like, it's, it's hard not to read the plot and just laugh. You know what I mean? Like, when you're reading what the movies are about, and then I think about all the good actors that they had in all three of those movies. And like, how many one-liners have come out oh, of that trilogy? Exactly. Like it's we could you do know, an I, hour hour of just doing one-liners from those three movies. Yeah, I mean, you think of uh, of classic movies like Tommy Boy and Dumb and Dumber, and they're just chock full of one-liners. And this is like a, a triple threat, you know, in compared to that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know. Austin Powers obviously is hilarious. He always had a different leading lady in each of the movies, and they all played fantastic roles. Um, And then Dr. Evil, who was also Mike Myers. Um, Mini-Me, you had Seth Green. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many many good characters. Um, And it's it's interesting, Nick, because you mentioned... uh, how much it costs to make that movie so i had was also curious in this one you know when it comes to cost of production so it only cost them about 18 million dollars to make the first one they doubled it for the second one so it was around 35 or 35 million and then they almost doubled that for the last movie and it was 63 million so let me just read you guys the worldwide box office for those three movies so the first one was 18 to make made them 67 million the second one was $35 million to make, got him $312 million, and then Goldmember oh, yeah. cost 63 and got him 296 So you're talking over $675 million between those three movies. Like, that's a crazy amount of money well, for comedy. Pl- pl- think about the second and third one, probably what Mike Myers wanted for his salary. So I got that as well. Yeah, <laughs> so well, I bet you after the first one did so well, he's like... Give me yeah, so so he made three and a half for the first one. Um, sorry to air your dirty laundry, Mike. Um, Seven million for the second one, and then that's I think when he started rubbing okay. his fingers together. So he got twenty five million for the third yeah. one. So then, you could tell he was like, "Oh, that just made three hundred, you know, and, million dollars." And, and now he hasn't been in anything. <laughs> Right. Yeah, he well, doesn't have to work anymore. And, and just for comparison's sake, uh, sorry to cut you off, Big Nick. Just one last point. So for Shrek, which was his other big trilogy, right? He made three million for the first one of that, ten million for the second. So he made more for the second Shrek than Austin Powers. But then he only made fifteen for the third and fourth. Idiot. Either way, he's made a lot of money. My question there is: Does that? pay does that salary include him writing the movie because the first one he practically wrote the whole thing himself right and i'm sure the, the second so. and third he wrote with a whole team of people yeah or, or he got a writing credit and maybe he didn't yeah. actually write it he mm-hmm. was part of like the creative process yeah because yeah, i mean he created some of the the characters but yeah. one of my favorite things about speaking of characters in that trilogy one, I think America is still heartbroken that they didn't make a fourth one. And I think we've talked about this before. I think everybody thought after, especially after the success of two and three, that we were going to see a fourth one very quickly after that. And it never came yeah. about. And there's been some talk of trying to revitalize that. But the the thing that I loved about that trilogy was the cameo appearances and, and the all, all of yeah. the, uh, the, the cast. I mean, you have Will Ferrell is in. Uh, I believe the first one you have. Um, oh, I can't. I mean, uh, who who played the mole guy? Mole, mole. Oh, uh, 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 the guy oh, Savage. Yeah, Fred Savage. Yep. I mean, it, and then of course the leading ladies changed every time. I was I was trying to think of all of them. I think uh, Liz Hurley might have been. Yeah. In so one. Liz Hurley was in the first one. Heather Graham was in the second one, and then uh, Beyonce, Beyonce yeah. was in the yep. third one. Yep. So I mean, like three really solid leading ladies. Like they were all very popular when those movies came out. Um, you know, and it's it's kind of funny that you know based on the movie that they rotated women just like Austin Powers, you know, purportedly did to the thing. But they, I mean, they, they really got some extremely good actors and the music 
was done by who else but George Clinton. Ah, right. P-Funk All-Stars. Thinking about sexy time. Definitely <laughs> get some George Clinton in your life. What about Fat Bastard? <laughs> Look at my titties. <laughs> Get in my belly. Oh, man. That, that's a quality one, Mark. I like Austin Powers. That's, uh, it's, and you can like flip it on at any given part of the movie and probably still laugh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to like watch it from start to finish. It's not mm-hmm. like, you know, Scarface or something. You just flip it, flip it on and you're like, you're going to start laughing and be like, that's, that's good. How about no, Scott? <laughs> oh, buddy. Quality choice. All right. Let me hit you guys with my number three movie trilogy. Right. So this one, I have a feeling both you guys have watched and will probably be quite amazed. I'm going to go with the ever popular and classic Naked Gun series. Oh, I like it. With my my man, Leslie Nielsen. Well done. (laughs) And I... Of course, when I'm looking up movie trilogies, like, you know, initially like 20 of them come in my head. And I actually didn't even think about the Naked Gun until I was looking. I was like, oh, wait, Naked Gun. I forgot about 33 and a third. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a great movie title. <laughs> yeah. So you remember what the first one movie. actually came out in 88. It was just Naked Gun uh, from the Files Police Squad. Naked Gun, two and a half, the smell of fear. And then <laughs> Naked Gun, 33 and a third, the final insult. The smell of fear. And if you guys remember, so little fun fact slash quiz. Do you remember, no, spoiler alert, who the assassin was in the first Naked Gun? Reggie Jackson, Mr. October. My man, Reggie Jackson. I remember <laughs> even watching that and Reggie Jackson could act about as good as me, but he just was still Reggie Jackson walking around like a robot trying to kill the queen. Yeah, he's a robotic <laughs> Reggie Jackson. Now, um... Longtime listeners of the Big Kids Show will remember that Big Nick selected that as his favorite comedy movie of all time. The first, correct? Gun. Yes, yeah. So again, I same kind of on the same lines as um, Austin Powers. You could flip one on; it could be in the middle, it could be towards the end. It's got funny one-liners, it's got goofy comedy, and I did, I guess as much as I like some serious movies, I, I think I tend to go towards lighter yeah. stuff. So I just. Naked Gun was right up my alley, and that's my that's my number three choice. I mean, I don't just if you haven't seen it, then shame on you. The just Naked shame. Gun is completely, <laughs> totally dumb, obnoxious, inappropriate comedy, and it is masterful. It is just <laughs> I just maybe you have to be really dumb like myself to be able to appreciate such a thing, but I just think that they're. There are people that can't laugh at it because it is such stupid humor, but I, I don't know. I just think it's brilliant. I think all three of them are brilliant. They they have little jokes that are even so subtle that you you may miss them the first oh, yeah. time, that, that some people can never dial into them. But uh, some of my favorite lines are from that. Now, I will say this. The issue I have with the Naked Gun, and this is this is just my problem. They It's not anything they I bet I, I bet I already know what it is. Two and three, I meshed them together. I cannot remember two from three and three from two. I can clearly remember one from the other two, but um, so you missed. Uh, so two was the the plot was to kidnap the guy in the wheelchair. Okay, and it involved the White House. Yes, uh, because Do- there was Doctor Doctor Meinheimer Meinheimer because there was some kind of pollu- <laughs> p- pollution going on that they were fighting. I believe the first one's the easy one to remember because it's the all-star game, right? Yep. The, mm-hmm. uh, the baseball. That's what I was going to say. The baseball with ter- game yep. with terrorism. But the, and then the, the third one the was third the third one, one was like me- the Oscars or the Emmys or no, the third one was, he, uh, was, um, trying to go undercover as Nick, the slasher McGurk. Uh, <laughs> and, and that was the one that had Anna Nicole Smith in it. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, but no, that, that one, that the third one did also involve the Academy Awards because their pl- plot was to blow it up. Now, one shameful thing is OJ was in those movies. So, um, oh, OJ, he was uh, Nordberg. Yeah. And he had the huge fro and a couple of the flashbacks. Right. And, and people and, that people that don't like OJ, I think there's like three people that that like OJ, and they have they he has lunch with them at the <laughs> golf course on a daily basis. But for the rest of the world, uh, if you go, oh, well, I don't want to watch that now because it's got OJ. I don't think OJ was in the first one. I yeah, think he was I, in two and three as Nordberg because that was a newer character, if I remember correctly. But 
if you're not a fan of OJ, this gives you more reason to watch it because Nordberg's whole character is he gets, he just gets uh, abused and injured constantly while he's on camera. He's always uh, involved in in accidents and getting hurt in some way. And actually, so, you're, uh, you're wrong. OJ was in the first one too. Okay. Because okay. he was like his longtime partner and buddy. And, list. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, don't judge the series just based off OJ. They yeah. didn't know. Le- Leslie, they didn't know. Leslie Nielsen was the man. And I mean, yeah. that's the first one I think came out in like 88 or something. Uh, uh, 88 was the first one definitely then, cutting the, everything short to to do that i mean i i need to go back and actually rewatch those movies because i haven't seen them in such a long time but i just remember they are like laugh out loud funny because like there's so many comedies that that you know they're funny but i mean it, it literally was like a laugh out loud Type series of movies. The first one when he's the umpire at the baseball game. Oh, yes. <laughs> he, keeps, he keeps finding a reason to pat down all the people and grab them and stuff. And then and then he's dancing when he's calling strikes. Well, and remember, he's calling strikes before the ball's even thrown. <laughs> and, and the crowd's going wild. So he's like, strike! And then he's moonwalking. And, yeah, just watching that scene alone is, oh my goodness. is worth the cost of the entry right there, man. Brilliant. That's pretty he was awesome. a brilliant comedian, uh, actor, career. Yes. Yeah. All right. Hey, so let's let's recap. First round of our number three top movie three trilogies: Big Nick, Unbreakable series, Mark, mm-hmm. Austin Powers, and I, I went with The Naked Gun. Big Nick. Let's move on to Numero Dos. All right. I'll steal a line from uh, one of Marcus's favorite uh, trilogies. Who does number two work for? <laughs> um, my number two on my list will be. The Dark Knight trilogy, not to be confused with the Batman trilogy that was obviously before that when we had yeah. uh, Michael Keaton and uh, a few other people playing Batman. But uh, no, the Dark Knight trilogy for me is, uh, again, being a comic book kid, this was the way when I was a child that I envisioned comic books to be made into movies, especially as watching them as an adult. So that's what I loved about the first Batman trilogy that came out. Well, I guess there was four of them, Yeah, but um, the first round of Batman movies, what I loved was they were, you know, they were Tim Burton. So they were dark. They were Mm -hmm. mysterious. You know, you were afraid of the bad guys. And that's the way the comic book movies I think should be done because that's how they were portrayed between the, you know, between the covers and on the pages of those comic books. So when the dark Knight trilogy came out, I thought at first I thought, oh, snap, here we go again. And not in a good way, not in a good way. I was worried that it was going to be super fluff, super uh, vibrant colors and all. We're just going to have a good time and all the kids are going to fall in love with Batman again. No, they took what was dark in the 90s and they tripled down. Oh, yeah. Real dark. Yeah. So violent that you couldn't even take your children to go watch a Batman movie. Just leave them out in the car. (laughs) The Batman Begins, the first one, I know a lot of people uh, prefer The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, no doubt, is fantastic. And I don't even have to go too much into these because these are movies that I think everybody has seen. You can look at the numbers that they pulled in at the box office and afterwards. It's huge. Everybody's seen these movies and they've they've seen all three of them probably three times each, if not more. So, But Batman Begins, I love watching a young Bruce Wayne turn into Batman to, to train himself and, and uh, learn. And you see the Batman develop. I, that to me is, is cinema gold. And then to follow it up with the dark Knight with, and bring Joker into the equation. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. The third one was great. I, I didn't love the third one as much as, uh, as the rest of the world, but the yeah. first two freaking blew my socks off, man. It was incredible. And I think if you look at probably just a general kind of viewing that almost always the third one is not as good. You know, very rarely do you be like, oh, the third one was the best because you're kind of, how do you top the success of one and then two? And so very rarely do you it see that. To be a theme. Yeah. The third one was much more like large scale as far as the story went and the way that everything was filmed. I mean, it had to be that way because of the story. But um, the, the first two felt very much more, especially the first one, much more intimate. Uh, 
where you're you're really learning and watching these characters develop in front of you. And of course, uh, number two with the Dark Knight Rises, uh, rest in peace, Heath Ledger, uh, yeah. one of one of yeah, the most brilliant uh, superhero supervillain performances of our lifetime epic yeah. performance and that so that would even if the third one was written better and everything it would be too tough to top that you know what i mean because you're going to go back to well who was the bad guy in three and they're just naturally not going to be as good as him i mean it's just mm-hmm. again yeah. i mean he arguably one of the best evil villains maybe in any movie i mean it's he's up there just with that, the way it was done the way he acted the way it was written all that stuff it was pretty sweet so yeah. Why so serious? Yeah. Why so serious? Well, it's funny. I actually just rewatched some of that in the past week of uh, The Dark Knight. And that's still probably my favorite Batman movie of all time and definitely up there in the total movies. But Nick, this was definitely on my honorable mentions. I think, I think what I liked about it is exactly what you said. The fact that they were willing to take it a little bit of a darker direction and it probably helped that it came out when it did because obviously we were a little older when it came out be different if we were probably seven eight nine you know when the when the trilogy dropped because it wouldn't be as appropriate for us at that age but they it it just had a much like grittier kind of feel to it you know versus like the other batmans were just there was like a little bit of fluff you know what i mean and they they were good but there's a little bit of silliness this one was was really dark yeah. um but really well done and i i agree one and two were by far the best I, I feel like three it was good but they were resting on the laurels a little bit or just trying to over you know kind of over yeah, the action yeah agreed so Awesome choice at number two. Actually, Big Nick, knowing you, I thought that actually might be your number one. So now I'm lo- really looking forward to that oh, that yeah. <laughs> choice of a gem. So, all right, Marcus the Land Sharkus, what do you got for number two, buddy? Well, for number two, in order to tell you guys what I've got, I've got to go back in time, oh. <laughs> back to the future. The Back to the Future trilogy is my number two. Um, I honestly don't know if I will ever get tired of seeing these movies. Like they just put these on um, one of the streaming platforms recently that's fairly popular. Well, plus Um, I I also just saw them on AMC not too long ago. And and I've seen these movies. Like I, I swear I've seen all of them probably at least 15 to 20 times a piece. And I'm like, yep, no brainer. Let's turn it on. Let's watch it. It's entertaining. It doesn't right. get old. Right. Yes. I mean, so, you know, if, for those who haven't watched it, then take stop. your ass back to the future and go stop the podcast now and stop go listening and watch go. at least watch the first one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the first one came out in 1985, back to the future. Second one came out in 1989. And then the third one came out in 90. They actually, I don't know if you guys knew this, they filmed two and three back to back. Yep. Cause did you, so, so did you watch the second one in the theater? Yes. Cause if you, if you remember, they actually show the trailer to yep. the third one at the end of the second one, because again, yep. they already had it filmed and, and I remember was, I, I watched it in the theater. And I was like, "What?" Like, I, his brain exploded. Oh, I, like, oh, oh my god! And I was like, "Cool." I was like, "Let's just wait here and watch it." And it's like, "Well, it's, it's not When's coming it come out." out? It's like I think because it was, I mean, it was like six or eight months after it wasn't. I mean, even though they had it done, yeah. it was they pushed it back to maximize yeah. ticket sales, and they wanted to milk it a little bit. Yeah. You know. um, well, one thing that a lot of people that that you know we're not old, super old, or anything like that, but but people younger than us, especially if they're 10 or 12 or 15 years younger than us. One thing they will not understand fully is that back in the eighties, if a movie was a hit, it stayed in the theater forever. Oh yeah. You know, nowadays, like even if a movie's a hit, it's out, it's out of the theater in two or three months. And, and And even, even that's a long time now. That's a stretch now. But back then, if a movie was a hit, it could stay in the movie theater for a year and a half, two years. And I remember I didn't see the first Back to the Future in the theater. I saw the second one, and I and I'm glad yeah, you brought you, you up. Yeah, uh, you would have been a wee lad in, in the when the first one came yeah, out. Yeah, but the thing is, I saw it on video, and I, uh, you know when you would go rent 
VHS tapes from the grocery store of all uh, places. Oh yeah, <laughs> remember that? Those were the good old days where you would scream and yell at your mom to make it, you know, make her rent you something while you were yes. there. But uh, we rented Back to the Future, and I don't think I saw it until like '87 because I think it was such a hit and it was in the movie theater for so long. And I remember to this day, I will never forget. I I'm watching it, and I'm just old enough now to have like a good appreciation of of movies and storytelling. I'm lying on the family room floor, eyeballs glued to the TV screen, watching Back to the Future. And then it ends with a big sign on the screen that says, to be continued. And I thought, what the F? I've never seen that at the end of any movie in my short life so far. What does that even mean? I, I knew that it meant that there was going to be another one, but I I, yeah. I sat there going, how can it not end? How can I not have... <laughs> How can I not be told I, what's going to happen? I, I the sorcery. What's the <laughs> oh sorcery? Oh my god! I was yes, I was in pain and anguish for 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 three years until they put out the next one. <laughs> well, and the crazy thing about those movies is, so again, if if somebody who's listening has not heard of or watched them, God bless your soul. They they made almost a billion dollars between the three. So the first one cost nineteen million to make. It made three hundred and eighty one million worldwide. Worldwide. The Which, second and, two, and, go ahead. And wasn't, and wasn't that pretty ridiculous back then? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I that mean, was I in eighty five. That I mean, was like, in eighty five. Now, like I mean, when, when Titanic crushed all those records, but I mean that was pretty nuts. And also, yeah. I mean, to think about again that you know what you put into it versus what you're getting out. I mean, just like. If you were into producing movies, you were like, sweet, that just bought my third yacht. Yep. And that's probably why they were like, uh, we're filming two of them back to back. We're about to cash this cow quick. Or, and, or unless that was already planned. I'd be curious to find Maybe. out if, if they already had a series set up ahead there's of time. Four, there's four years between the first and second two after that so 85 was the first one the next one didn't come out till 89 well but so I, I would I, bet they had plenty of time to soak in see the I, money that was coming and but i think you know. because they filmed two movies in a row i mean it took them like two years yeah that's so true I mean, you think even that's if they true. started right away at 85 you're not done till 87 if you're lucky and then yeah. you know editing and all that stuff so but that's a good point i'd love to dig into that more and look that up mark yeah. Um, and then the second off. one, no, 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 you're good. And then the uh, second and third one both cost 40 million. Now, I couldn't find out if it was 40 million a piece since they're filmed, uh, you know, back to back, or if it was just 40 million, you know, for both. But uh, the second one made 339 million worldwide. That was the third highest grossing film of 1989. The only two movies that beat it out was Batman and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, yeah. Yep, those are good movies. So, I mean, you know, it's fun. <laughs> a little, little fun fact, because I know how much Nick loves them. Um, he loves I will, them. I will, I will buy you guys a filet steak dinner if you can tell me what the next movie was after Back to the Future in 1989. What, what do you mean, the, the next movie? So that what was the number four highest grossing movie uh, of 1989? 1989 was Back to the Future 2, and then it was Batman, and then it was Indiana Jones, the then, uh, last. So, so what's the number four movie? Ooh. Mm. I'll just tell you because you guys. No, no, no. Who's going to get there? I want a shot at this. I, okay. Okay. I'm going to okay. go with uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. No. no. Um, Shoot. 1989. I really need that steak, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking Ooh. a little slim on the bones. Ooh, this, I could be, uh, I feel like I might be a year late on this one. Um, Karate Kid 2? No. Oh. Look who's talking. <laughs> oh. a, ba- a movie about a baby that talks. Now, hey, listen, listen to the, listen to the list of movies that those movies beat out. Dead Poet Society, Lethal Weapon 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Ghostbusters 2, The Little Mermaid, and Born on the Fourth of July. That's top 10 for anybody who's interested in 1989. That's a lot of info. Look Who's Talking beat out six of those movies. I just look at the list. Like, you got to be kidding me. That was a big movie back then. I mean, don't get me wrong. Well, Tom Selleck in that. Yeah. Why do you keep naming people that Tom Selleck? 
No, no, no. Look who's uh, talking's the baby movie. Yeah, but, baby yeah, movie. Was, uh, but who was the two the parents? It was like I thought it was Steve John Travolta. You're thinking no. of three men John and a baby. Oh, it was John Travolta and Christy Allen. Oh, okay. or Christy Alley. I'm sorry, Christy Allen. Christy Allen. Man, I apologize. Sorry. Man, you, All got the so, you, got, you got angry, Nick. <laughs> Bruce Willis was out there. Bruce Get it, Willis bro. was the baby's voice. Wasn't Chuck Norris in that? <laughs> you just keep shouting out random people from the 80s. <laughs> oh, he's good, right, right. <laughs> So I, I'll give you guys a couple fun facts from the uh, Back to the Future series again, Nick, your favorites. Um, so the script for the original was rejected more than 40 times. Makes sense. So it, may, it makes me wonder, like, man, would it have sucked if it didn't get rejected 40 times? Maybe it made yeah, it a better well, script. That's, that's interesting because you would think, um, I mean, the amount of int- like intricate writing they had to do to kind of link all those things together that, yeah. that I mean, and, le- and the only thing I could think of is that they made it way too long. It could be now, you know, like, then, like you can't be doing t- like three, seven hour movies. Like you got to weed yeah. this thing down. I mean, but, it's kind of long anyway. <laughs> Well, and the next fun fact maybe is why one of them got rejected. So uh, I've read that in the early drafts of the original Back to the Future, the time machine was made out of an old refrigerator. Ah, uh, yeah. Just think okay. about that. Would, would, would that trilogy be what it was if it, no, if it was De- a refrigerator? Not the I, still, I still want to buy a DeLorean. So let's let's go in on it all together and buy a DeLorean. There you go. And then last one, Tom Wilson, who played Biff. Um, used to carry around a card that answered every Back to the Future fan's most frequently asked questions. He got yep. so tired of being asked of, especially, I think the number <laughs> one was if manure really got poured on him. Oh, and yeah. then, Mr. B, I know you're about to drop some knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you, I don't even know how I stumbled My upon favorite it. favorite tidbit ever. But there's a, so, I don't know if you know this, Big Nick, uh, Biff uh, Tannen went, does, does stand-up comedy. Okay, you you know I do know this. Okay. You know how I know this? Last time you were at my house, you put it on. Okay, you, so you know what I'm talking you, about. We it. sat and watched it together. Yeah. So well, he, let's he, tell he, the he, people because this is hilarious. He's got a, a song he does, and it's about all the questions he gets about uh, Back to the Future, and it's like a comic. <laughs> it's like an Adam Sandler singing. And one guitar. question he always gets like, "Is Michael J. Fox a nice guy?" <laughs> like, he's like, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> all hang out it's like no <laughs> Dude, whoever's listening to this if you're not going to watch the movies at least pull up that clip of him yeah, I think doing you can the song even type in biff tannen uh back to the future song or something and it'll pop yeah. up but yeah it's it's phenomenal it's, it's only like two minutes it's worth every second of your life almost Ooh. as good as the movies yeah i'm knocking things over yeah. um don't forget they they actually filmed for a while with a whole different star Remember that Eric Stoltz kid? Yep. Uh, was they filmed oh. for like weeks and weeks and weeks, and they're like, "Yeah, this isn't working. We got to get this kid ain't cutting it." Michael J. Fox is playing like a like a sixteen or seventeen year old in the movie, and he was probably. I think we did this on one of our shows already, but I think he was probably what about twenty one at the time. Yeah, 22? He, I mean, he, he yeah. looks clearly young, but yeah, it's it's interesting. It's baby face. Yeah, like you're playing a high schooler, but he's like twenty eight years old, but. Awesome Huey choice. Lewis in the news. Don't oh, forget Huey and- Lewis played. Didn't he play the principal <clears throat> in the first one? Where um- no, he played the. Uh, they they auditioned. Their band auditioned, and he was part of the audition the crew. And he's yeah. like, he's like, guys, guys, it's just too damn loud. You're too damn loud. <laughs> That's the power of love, baby. And then they go right into Power of Love. Yeah. Power of oh yeah. Love. Awesome soundtrack. I love me some Huey Lewis in the news. So. Oh yeah, Mark. Great choice. I love that series. I will watch it right now if it was playing. That was in my um, that was in my uh, uh, possible choices there. It it was one that I certainly thought of and and toiled over for a while. Absolutely. I I like the fact, guys, just as we go through this, that you guys are already naming ones that I thought of that I was sad I couldn't include. So it makes me happy that they're on someone's list. Our brains are becoming the same. They're fusing together. <laughs> All right. Awesome choice. Great, great movie trilogy. All right. So for my number two movie trilogy, Mr. B, we're going to go with the amazing American classic, Indiana Jones. Nice. And this was one that I think it's the same thing as I, the first one I was a wee wee lad, so I didn't see it in the theaters, <clears throat> but for somehow my brother and I got a VHS kit tape of Temples of Doom 
we watched and he yeah, hot. we watched that thing till it fell apart. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I literally, like, it just like disintegrated. And so, early on as a kid, I only knew Indiana Jones as Temple of Doom. And so then, when I watched the first one, I was like, "What? There was a first one? I didn't even know that." <laughs> and then, of course, then I saw the third one. So, if you guys remember, there was Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, and then Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I don't count the one in 2008 with the Shia LaBeouf. To me, that that doesn't count. That I'm, one was okay. It was all right. But I, I, I was I, a big I Indiana Jones fan growing up, so I, I watched the fourth one just because. I, was I watched it too, they, but I, I really think of the the main three. That one they kind of threw oh. out to try to do a bridge. And actually, I read into it that apparently Shia LaBeouf was a big douche, and like they were hoping he was going to be the new Indiana Jones. And it, be careful! That, I've been told he listens to our show. Hey. He's hey Shia, <laughs> why'd you douche it up, man? You could have, you could have been the next oh, indie, picking a fight. Yeah. So, but Indiana Jones. I mean, I'm assuming you guys have watched all those. It oh, just yeah. incorporates oh, yeah. so many cool things. Where it's, it's, it has some comic book esque stuff, but it's, it's a real guy. So I mean, it's like not superhuman. He's really smart. He's adventurous. He's, he's a ladies' man. Uh, he solves all these riddles, but then like. He goes back to school and teaches college. <laughs> and so I, mean, I, just, I think he was, you know, he, he was smart and brave. And he was kind of like, he was literally that thing you looked up as a kid, like wanting to be like, dude, I want to be an adventurer going through caves and, well, you know. And yeah, exactly. Like I even, I remember I took a class that was like kind of tied with, um, you know, old artifacts i don't know how to describe what the class was thinking that i was gonna like just like go into some mine in uh, archaeology yes thank you sorry and i was gonna be like oh, i'll just go to egypt and like look at stuff and they're like no dude right. you just you just want to read books and so <laughs> you know but it made me think like archaeologists and you're like immediately digging for bones and like fighting off aztec warriors and stuff but no that's not that's not what really happens <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I got a C minus in that class. <laughs> so the um, I don't know if it was the same for all three or four of them, but I know for the first one, the first one was Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, right? I mean, yes. that's two of the biggest heavy hitters in the business. Well, and it's something that if you look into again, you really dig in. It was tied with like after the Star Wars stuff, and it was an idea that somebody already had, and they kind of. It's just, it's interesting. It's, I couldn't even try to explain how it kind of came to be, but yeah, it was George Lucas and Spielberg. And then I think Spielberg took the rest, took it uh, for the next two. I could be wrong on that. I don't have all my notes in front of me. Well, and I like in number three, um, the uh, last crusade when we have Sean Connery playing Indiana's father, Austin Powers, Faja. And then we learn, we learn in the Last Crusade, that Indy Anna Jones was named after his father's dog. The family's dog was named Indiana, and that's how they named, <laughs> he named his boy when his boy came along. And, and I, I was I was wrong. So they all three were directed by Spielberg, but the story George Lucas was connected with the writing for all three as well. So I was I was off on that. Sorry about that, fellas. We forgive you. I'll forgive you this time. And if you remember, there was a, a TV series called the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles or something. Yeah. And, and I watched that briefly. I kind of like that because it was like him as a like 15-year-old kid. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it didn't have the success of the movies. But, um, yeah, Indiana Jones, just, again, I love the whole premise behind it. And, like, and even, like, kind of... Put some credit to go to school, learn some stuff. You know, I mean, he's a scholarly gent, and then you just got to practice your whip game. And get your whip game on. I mean, I think I'm, that one. That one had iconic music too. I, I think you see with a lot of these really, really popular, not just movies but trilogies, they've got some lasting appeal across the movies. And then beyond it from a sound perspective, you know what I mean? When it comes to... Agreed, agreed. Like the funny way that people say things or the music or, you know, something along those lines. Well, if, you, if of, you could guess who the producer was for or the composer, I'll give you I'll give you back that steak dinner. You, Beethoven you didn't win it in the first place. <laughs> yes. um, it's, it's the ever-famous John, John Williams. 
Oh, I mean, he's done like you name a, a famous movie soundtrack. He probably composed it. So that was part of it, too. So Mark was talking about the, uh, the the music and the score. And one thing that I enjoyed, you know, Indiana Jones did this as well as like the old Superman movies with uh, Christopher Reeve and um, a handful of other movies do this where you get the the Indiana Jones theme song, if you will, on the intro, on the way into the movie, when they're, when they're setting everything up and, mm-hmm. and, and pulling you into the, the first uh, setting of where the movie's going to take place. And then any other time during the movie where he's kind of like battling adversity, where you think he's, he's about to like lose his life or something terrible is about to happen to him. And he starts to, turn the tables and he starts to win. He starts to get out of a jam. Boom. They start playing the Indiana Jones song again. And you're like, Oh, and it pumps you up as a viewer. You're like, Oh yes. I understand why he's winning (laughs) now. He heard the song. I heard the song. I can do anything. I can achieve anything. And then at the end, when he does win, they play the song again. And so you have an emotional, physical (laughs) reaction to that song after a while. I want to go whip something right now. Well, and it, you know, it's kind of similar to like, uh, if you remember Hulk Hogan, when he would do Hulk the wrestling up. matches, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. He would he would be getting down and then all of a sudden he would start, you know, he'd start getting that crazy face and looking out at the crowd. Hey, don't, don't be comparing you know? Indiana Jones to Hulk Hogan, man. The thing with know, Hulk man. Hogan, and, and this is why he was such a crowd f- favorite for so many years and, and why he uh, just, I mean, for we're talking 15, 20 years, he was super popular. You'd look at his matches and it would be like, oh, this match was 38 minutes long. No, 18 minutes of that was him walking into the ring and then then posing for for pictures and cheering on the crowd after he won the match. It was only like an eight minute match. <laughs> oh, man. So I those are good choice. We're, we got some quality choice here. So our top Absolutely. our top two big Nick Dark Knight trilogy, Marcus. Oh, yeah. The Land Sharkus, Back to the Future, and I went with the classic Indiana Jones. Let's get into our top number one movie trilogies. Big Nick. All right, my number one, and I'll kind of keep this short here. I'll try to keep it short anyway. But Look, probably not. I went with this one as kind of uh, almost as like a default setting. Um, I went with Star Wars, and it's, I mean, there's, there's like, 37 Star Wars movies. So how could you not just pick that one? And like 35 of them are good. Um, No, I'm exaggerating. But if I really had to narrow it down, I would go with the original three. And I don't ask me right now what order all of them are in because I've had about four (laughs) beers and it's really confusing. I mean, I mean, the first three to come out, the first three that that anybody ever watched are Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yes, correct. Correct. And I think later they changed Star Wars name to The New Hope. Episode four. Yeah. If I had to to pick a uh, narrow down to a trilogy within a big batch of movies, it would be those first first three. I can watch Empire Strikes Back any day of the week i i mean the the first three are just amazing amazing yeah. movies and the star wars um franchise in whole is just really yes. good stuff no yeah. i i, I so, agree actually not go, to cut you off mr b go, I, i'm just go. gonna go ahead and drop the mic here i also picked star wars oh, as my number one we got so star wars we're gonna double down on the star wars i just it, it to me big nick it actually felt a little like default as well like i was trying to talk myself into some of my other you know trilogies that i had on my list and at the end of the day i was just like you know what it's just way too iconic and it's way too epic um especially if you consider when it came out the the technology that it took for it to come out at you know during those times the late 70s and 80s i mean it was so revolutionary i just think there's no way you can keep it at the top spot so yeah yeah and it's and I think, correct me if I'm wrong. You think back to the first few times you watched those movies. You know, you're a young kid. It's just, I mean, like encapsulates all that stuff of sci-fi action. It's it doesn't really drag, at least in my opinion. Like you know, some movies yeah. like here's like oh, there's a dragging scene. It, it's got all these cool parts, and I mean, cool it, characters. You have to, oh, yeah. you know, you even have to be a little open-minded and creative to get it. So yeah. I, th- I think that's what's the difference if. 
you know, you either love Star Wars or you hate it, right? Because yeah. there's other people that are like, well, my, I don't, what's that blob looking guy? Why is this guy talking to weird? You got to be open and creative to this new realm of, you know, science life or space life, you know, where you're right. in space, yeah. you're different planets, not only different species, but different just everything and it's just because to me cause, that just well, makes it's a it galaxy awesome. far far away yes a long long time, <laughs> a long, long time well put. ago well yeah. Put. Yeah, yeah i think you know i mean it, it, there was sci-fi <laughs> stuff but this was by far and beyond well beyond anything oh, yeah. that had been out to that point i mean it was the first so the first star wars was the first movie to make over 300 million domestically and the first movie to cross 500 million worldwide Right. So, I mean, it, it definitely blazed a path. And it's it's funny, Mr. B, you mentioned um, Indiana Jones. So I read a, I read something. I'll read it off here to you guys and maybe chuckle as you were reading through some of that stuff. So this, this actually is from IMDB. So I consider this a trustworthy uh, source. But I don't know that said, guy. Um, George Lucas was so sure this is the first movie, the first Star Wars. George Lucas was so sure this movie would flop that instead of attending the premiere, he went on vacation to Hawaii with his good friend Steven Spielberg, where they came up with the idea for Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost <laughs> that, Ark. That's what I read. The after they found plan. out Star Wars became a success. Plan. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, hey, let's go on vacation. I got a well, movie coming out. Yeah, it sucks. Let's I've go figure out a different movie. And, and anybody <laughs> that obviously is really into Star Wars knows probably way more than I, I do, or even maybe we do. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I, th I think it was yeah. a kind of a gamble when they did yeah. it because like the production was a train wreck. Um, yeah. I mean, they had a bunch of issues because it was a lot of cutting edge technology that's um, like, I think when it got released, they're like, who's going to come watch this. And then that first couple of weeks, the kids were just lined up because it was sci-fi. It was action. And it was just something everyone was craving at that time. And what was yeah. it? 77, 77. Yeah. And yeah. George Lucas basically took a lower salary in exchange for full merchandising rights, which now he's like, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> right? he's like, he's like, as you can see by my 13th house, I own. <laughs> I mean, Why that's you, a serious gamble, right? I mean, for well, especially for imagine probably, how much work that movie took. Yeah. And that was probably a little unheard of back then. Yeah. Because, yeah, because you wanted money now, and even think yep. of merchandising, it didn't make that much money. But now that guy's the <laughs> smartest man in the world. I can see him just, you know, sitting by the campfire, smoking a joint one night, thinking about the time when he took less money to keep the <laughs> merchandising rights. And he goes, hmm. Well, that was one of my better ideas. <laughs> that was one of my better moments. <laughs> He's like, call the chopper. And then he, then, he, then, he cla then he claps his hands and he makes a Wookiee bring him another glass yeah. of champagne. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, good stuff. Good oh, stuff. No, awesome choice. And I love that you guys picked that because that was one that I, I really was battling. I mean, again, I'm not trying to say naked gun is better than that but like 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 how how do you put it in an order of like there's yeah. so many is it best on how it was written or best because i want to watch it more often i yeah. think I, I think star wars i've seen it enough that i actually would probably watch naked gun over star wars if they were on right now because i've seen star wars a million times and you know what? Yeah. i'm a little upset that i've not seen chewbacca and anything else i think he was typecast yeah. Yeah. When you're hairy and seven foot one and just. Uh, yeah. No, Chewbacca, Darth Vader, two of my favorite sci-fi characters of all time. And Mark mentioned music earlier. And oh, my goodness. Who Darth did the, who did the music, music? Who did the music? Every time on Darth that? Vader is in the scene, you hear Anybody? the Darth Vader song. Oh, no. It's, well, uh, John Williams. See, was it John Williams again? So there you go. No, I don't know. I just, uh, no, it I, actually was John Williams. Yeah, I thought so, too. I, just, I wanted to double check. <laughs> it actually so. was him. But it's, I mean, even, uh, I can think even like the uh, Cincinnati's orchestra, I mean, they do like a Star Wars night where they do the whole theme to Star Wars. And it's, I mean, it's still, it wow. fills the, yeah. Well, John Williams did all nine Star Wars movies for the sound. God so, bless him. Man, stick around, John Williams. Yes. Don't go anywhere. Well, so also, I'm, I'm you guys, your brains are melting into one. It's concerning. Um, my number <laughs> one, my number one has already been mentioned as well. So it was Back to the Future as my number one. Ah, uh, yes. I had a feeling yes. that would be high. And, and it's just, I think, because when I think back to when I first saw those. I was just so amazed of how the tie-ins 
yeah. you know, like as they traveled through the different time areas, and then you had, you know, Biff, and then you had Biff as a kid, and then you had Biff as a <laughs> Mad Dog, Biff, Griff Tannen, and um, I just old Biff it. in the second one has to be one of the best Biff yeah, characters. Old, I mean, yeah, Biff played like nine characters. I hope he got paid for each character. Make like a tree and leave. Why can't you get this right? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I just I love that movie, and again, all the stuff we said about Back to the Future. Um, it's it's just worth watching if you haven't seen it, and I mean, if you can if you can score seven hours out of your weekend, watch them in a row. It's even more fun if you can because yeah. every once in a while, I think AMC will do like a you know marathon, and they'll just show yep. all three of them, and that might even have been not too long. I I saw bits and pieces while I had the TV on, and I love me some Back to the Future. Well, and I think the same in the same fashion. It it does. There's like no dead spots in those movies. Right. Yeah. It's not like it's, there's like 30 minutes where you're like, okay, this is the part I can go grab a drink and use the bathroom. You know what I mean? It's just constant. But to your point, Mr. B, is last thing I'll say, I, I definitely think it was clever the way that they did all the tie-ins and the way that you kind of felt like throughout all three movies, there was this veil behind the curtain of not letting the people of the current time period see Marty McFly and Doc and the time travelers. You know what I mean? There was always this kind of like stress of like, oh, they're at their house at their, you know, whatever selves. And it and was no really what, well done. You cannot let them see the DeLorean ever, regardless yeah. of what time period you're in. If it's 1955, yeah. 1985, uh, well, no, 85 was, was, was normal because that's. You no, but look- they were still hiding it because it was, you know, it was obvious that they had done something to this DeLorean. They were still kind That's of good point, keeping good point. it under yeah, wraps. I mean, they didn't have to hide it as much, but. Well, the Iranians uh, were coming after him with, you know, remember a rocket launcher in the parking lot. So, and, and unfortunately, <laughs> now every time I see a minivan that looks kind of like Libyans. that, I, I, are they yeah. Libyans? Libyans. What did I say? Yeah. Iranians? Oh, Libyans. my God. Yeah, come on. Iranians, man. I apologize. Yeah. It was the damn <laughs> Libyans. But every time That's I see. the first time any Iranians ever received an apology. Yeah. Oh. Ouch. So, so, last discussion question before we get out of here. If you had to pick a time frame out of the game, uh, Back to the Future, we have the Wild Wild West, we have the 50s, we have the 80s, and then we have the future, which really was only 2012. Which one would you guys like to be hanging out in right now? 50s. Ooh, I, I don't know. I just wait, 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 wait. You gave us you only gave us three to choose from. No, there's yeah, four. Us four. There's four. Okay, 2015 <laughs> would be the yeah the, the 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 future back then was two, with the hoverboards, uh, the 80s, the 50s, and then the wild wild west, which was I think 1855. Yeah. So I don't know. Right. I might change my answer actually. I maybe maybe I go wild west. I don't know, a little Red Dead See, style. But Wild that's West a little riskier. Is, Wild yeah, West you, is interesting, but people would have catching a burger would have smelled a lot. Would have been would, would have been a stanky time period. Um, <laughs> so, it was one of the stinkier time so, periods. Yeah, and, and I mean, you could just just for smell, right? And I and I understand <laughs> that you know that Tender there's sniffer. Still, that there's still violence and it's tough in the streets, but you, I mean, back then you could just be gunned down for, for looking at somebody wrong and, and the sheriff wouldn't even, you know, care. Like they just leave your body there on the, on a dirt road somewhere. So <laughs> 55 would have been, it would have been interesting. Um, yeah. Cars I'm going are, with 85. Are, uh, I've already experienced 85. I'm going with 85. Yeah. 85 was freaking great. Yeah, I, I, just, was I, was awesome. curi- I was curious your thoughts because, yeah, it's like I, I love when they do some of the scenes from the 50s. Like I love the yeah. cars and the restaurants and just like, I mean, they really make it. I mean, not that I was around then, but just the cars alone to me, I love seeing those yeah. 50s cars. And uh, so I don't know. I probably would go 50s myself, but because yeah, the manure. I would be afraid. I would be afraid I'd die of scurvy or something in 1885 and be like, how did he die of diarrhea? Like, oh. It was a lot riskier back then, even just on the movie six. I would gladly live in Hill Valley, California, 1985. I'll take my chances against the uh, Libyan terrorist. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Big Nick. Dodging rocket launchers. Oh, man. All right. So let's recap Big Big Nick's top three Unbreakable series. Number two, Dark Knight Trilogy and Star Wars at number one for Big Nick. Mar- Mar- Marcus the Landsharkis went with number three, Austin Powers movie series, Back to the Future, and Star Wars as well. We got a couple tie-ups. 
Mr. B went with The Naked Gun, Indiana Jones, and then Back to the Future is his number one. So, any last thoughts or comments, gents, before we close up the sandbox? Yeah, you know me. I got to throw my couple honorable mentions Let's in. Let's hear them. Let's hear them. These were the movies in the order. I'm only going to do three trilogies. I'm not going to go into any type no, of detail. Keep it short. With, here's the problem with doing the uh, honorable mentions. <laughs> I really think that we could we could rev we could revisit this and slap a decade on on this. So, so I maybe, really once I maybe, got to thinking about it, I well, think then, we then can, maybe we yeah. should tell Mark to keep his. He should cram those honorable so mentions right back into his cram hole, and we'll so like. A, like <laughs> well, I I'm going to say them, and then we probably no. would air this episode no. after no. the no. other ones anyway. Big, big dick shoot nope. you down, Mark. Like I hear the kids say, <laughs> zip it, lock it, and put it in your pocket, buddy. Let's not talk about it. Loose lips. I was so excited about my honorable mentions. When a problem comes along, you must zip it. (laughs) Zip it. (laughs) And whip it. Oh, all right. All right. All right. I won't say anything. All right. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, thanks for listening. We are the Big Kid Show. Big Kid Show.